Welcome to Relationship, where real-life couple Justin and Candace share their keeping it real perspective on the ins and outs of their personal and professional experiences, navigating the ups and downs of partnerships in life and business. They will also offer practical advice for maintaining strong, healthy, fun, and successful relationships in life and business. If you're ready for comedic and insightful exploration of life, love, law, business, and everything else in between, you're in the right place. Buckle up, it's going to be a wild ride. Here are your hosts, Justin and Candace. So welcome back to Relationship. We're here for another fun episode. We are thrilled to have Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Debster as our special guests today. Welcome. Hi, guys. Great to be here. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Elaine and Diane co-founded ImpactParents.com in 2011. Today, they are internationally recognized as leading parent educators, using their coach approach to help parents reduce stress and better support their children with ADHD, anxiety, autism, LD, and more. They are the creators of Sanity School, Behavior Training, and authors of several books, including Parenting ADHD Now, and The Essential Guide to Raising Complex Kids with ADHD, Anxiety, and More. And I'm not going to lie right now, this podcast hits a little closer to home because (laughs) our son is an ADHD child that's 11 years old, and we've been dealing with it since he was basically a toddler. So So this um, is going to be a total lean-in moment. Are you looking for some free coaching while we're on the podcast? Is that what is that the truth? Oh, behind so <laughs> okay, there we go. We certainly don't know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> we got you back on that one. We're we're here. Awesome, awesome. Well, we always like to start off by asking, you know, because relationship is about the ins and outs, the nitty-gritty, the good, bad, the ugly of you know, different types of partnerships, partnerships in life, business, or if you happen to be like Justin and myself, partners, you know, in both life and in business. And so I'd like to know, you know, just a little background about how you guys met and how you came together to, to create the, you know, the fabulous program and school that you guys did do together. Well, so can I start the story? Cause like, yeah. I think the story started with me, but um, yeah. the story started with me actually before, before, I don't know how much you know about this Elaine, but um, when I first thought about becoming a coach, it's a second life career for me. I had 25 years in corporate um, healthcare is my background. And I went to some cool conference, coachy conferency thing, and they were doing all these little workshops. And one of them was about partnerships. And I went, wait, holy shit, I don't have to do this by myself. This would be so cool to like find somebody else to coach with, to partner with. I'm total introvert and really good at marketing and stuff like that. But it was the the idea of kind of growing a business and building a business was very, very daunting to me because I loved coaching, but business building was kind of scary and new and foreign. So was networking like crazy. And my brother who lives in Boston introduced me to his neighbor, who is a coach who worked with people with ADHD. And I like, as I hung up the phone with her, I said, Oh, do you know anybody in the Atlanta area? And she introduced me to Elaine, right? And so it's a sort of circuitous, what do you, how do you say it? Circuitous route. Circuitous route. But, you know, Elaine and I kind of met virtually first and kind of talked back and forth for almost six months. And then um, the International ADHD Conference was here in Atlanta. And we said, okay, let's forget it. We're going to meet up. We're going to talk. We're going to figure this out. And met at the conference and 
I don't know. You want to tell the rest of the story? The rest is history, right? We well, we enjoyed. We spent the conference together, and we were we were just in totally in sync, and we realized that we were both. We had a lot of things in common, and a lot of things not in common. And that was, I think, that's probably the secret to our success is that. You know, we both had a background in national health care. And so we had a big picture view. We both had complex kids. I have ADHD. She does not. We knew that this coach thing we were doing was really helping us be better parents. And it was both of us, both of us, even though one had one of us was neurodivergent and one was not. So we had a lot of things and we were both, frankly, super smart. Mm. And we connected with each other as intelligent women who were trying to navigate this world. And we saw that there was all these resources available for our kids. And there was nothing for us as parents or virtually nothing, very little. And we saw a serious gap in services, a real need. And so we thought- Channeled our public health background. (laughs) Right, to meet the need. Because we know this, we knew coaching was effective. We wanted to figure out how do we get it to parents in a way that's affordable and accessible. Mm-hmm. And it was right. It was just at a time when when the internet was really taking off. So there was this technology boom. So we knew we could make it virtual in a different way. And there was all this new research on ADHD. In those days, we were still impact ADHD. So there were a lot of things influencing. Coaching was becoming bigger. So all these things were kind of coming together at the same time. But I think the thing that is most interesting for you in this conversation for this podcast is that because we were coaches we started off our partnership really intentionally mm-hmm. like we were conscious we had conscious conversations we didn't avoid some of those early conversations that partners tend to avoid and then things dissolve right we we talked about you know percentages and we talked about money and we talked about values and like what we were standing for and what we did want to do and what we didn't so we really brought our coach approach before we brought it out to the world we brought it to our partnership with each other and really set the stage to have some really, if I think back on it now, some really difficult conversations for two women who really didn't know each other very well. Yeah. But it's those difficult conversations that really open your hearts and your minds up to each other. And it's right. it's the foundation for the trust, right? Because if you're willing to go there, then that in itself builds credibility with each other. And that level of trust that as far as I'm concerned is really important. But let me ask you a question. You had stated you guys were both in uh, public, I mean, healthcare, corporate healthcare. Were you doing any type of coaching in the corporate healthcare world? Or what what made you decide, you know what, there's a real gap with ADHD kids. Was it your own children? Was it what what made you, what brought you to that? And I also want to know what the gap is. Can you tell me what the gap is that you recognize? I often say that motherhood is the necessity of invention. 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm. Right? Sorry, hon. Yeah. So we Fatherhood were moms too, probably, but yeah. of six could, kids could between our two families who mm-hmm. were complex kids. And like, we needed a, we needed a lifeline. We needed a Sherpa. We needed like, there was all this stuff. You could get therapy all day long for your kids or medication or whatever you were doing. But you got five minutes with your hand on the door at the end of your kid's therapy session to talk to a therapist if you were lucky as a parent. Right. Or a support group, you know, an hour and a half across town once a month on a Tuesday night when you're supposed to be helping your kids with your homework. Right. Like it just there was nothing that served our needs as parents trying to figure it out. We didn't need therapy. We didn't need counseling. We needed 
to understand what was going on with our kids well enough to learn how to help them understand themselves well enough to learn how to manage it. Well, and Elaine identified the problem and then became a coach to solve the problem. I became a coach at the same time I was trying to solve the problem and had this catharsis of, do I want to do this? You know, I had already made a commitment to being a coach. I was doing leadership coaching. Leadership coaching is my second life career. In 2008, I was I lost my job like a million other people did and had to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. It's the year I turned 45 and it was like, okay, wait a second. The thing I love the most about my job in corporate was developing my team, help them accomplish their goals. Where do they want to go? How do they, what skills do they need? Those sorts of things. And so I worked with a coach, figured out I wanted to be a coach. And so I started down the route of doing leadership coaching for women in corporate uh, kind of yoga mom type people. And when Elaine and I met, I was kind of trying to do both things at once. I was, you know, I had my own business. We were, cause we, when we met, we were just going to do like, a webinar or something. It was yeah. like this sort of, and I had a, my own business too. And she, right? yeah. Yeah. So, but, so you, but you became a coach in order to solve the problem that you I had. I did because I, I had, I had three complex kids, but my eldest kid was particularly complex. And it was a really long road. Those first 10 years pretty much sucked as a parent. And as I started getting my head around things and discovered coaching and started getting better, and then actually right after I became a coach, my husband also became a coach, sold his business. Everything started to transform in our family dynamic. So for us, for me, I had what I call my Scarlett O'Hara moment, you know, as God is my witness, no parent should have to go through alone when I went through those first 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so I moved, I got into this work because I knew from very early in my life as a teenager, I knew I wanted to change the world. I just didn't know how. And when I got to this place, I realized that what needed to change was the medical model mm-hmm. and the way that we support parents with chronic medical conditions and diagnoses and challenges and and the way that we marginalize parents of these complex kids when in fact when we can empower parents they can empower their kids and so there was just this huge clear disconnect to me in the system the system was broken and i'm one of those people that's like see a need fill a need and i saw the needs so clearly in my life and in the people i was supporting that when diane and i met each other not only did we share this vision this this experience, but we had really complementary skills. Like I don't think we knew then how complementary our skill set was, and so we were able. When to you say complementary, do you mean your strengths were her weaknesses, vice versa? Absolutely. And, and so that that <laughs> co- like well, that, yeah, like, but I, I I you know now that I've interviewed a couple of 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 you know business partners, that seems to be that reoccurring common denominator of what is that part of the magic sauce mm-hmm. uh, two of you two of you are the same you're never going to see any other you know perspective of something so it, well, that's and the best way things work is when people have different things going on yeah. well yes and there's two pieces of it so there's the complementary stuff and then there's the common stuff so as elaine said before mm-hmm. we're both super smart super quick we both have great vision and perspective and, and strategic mindsets Mm -hmm. and Elaine's more external focused and I'm more, how do you make it happen and make it work? Got it. Kind of by nature. And we, we understand the other side of it, right? It's this sort of, we're not just kind of relying on the other one to take it and run with it, but we're supporting each other and letting each other take the lead in it. 
So we decided early on that, you know, like Diane would be in the lead on operations. I would be in the lead on content. But that didn't mean I wasn't involved with operations or she wasn't involved with content. It just meant that that we learned how to, I don't want to even say delegate because it's not the right word. We learned how to step into where our zones of excellence and genius were and to support each other and trust each other in each Uh other's excellence. It was profound. But again, we were, I think in part, we were only able to do it because we were having conversations and designing our conversations and coming to each other and saying, okay, when, when this happens, I feel like this. So can we talk about another way to talk about it so we can both be involved in that or whatever? And we, we were able to really have conscious conversations because we wanted a conscious business. Right, right. You didn't just want to go like go through the motions and check the box. Mm-hmm. You really wanted, I mean, hence the name of, you know, part of the name of the business impact. Because yeah. you know, yeah. I find that all too often, everybody just wants to check the box and go through the motions and put a bandaid over it, but not really get to the root of the problem or to right. solve well, the problem. And I don't want, and it's, it's like, I don't know, you guys want some of the, the inside dirt too. I mean, I think part of what I think about is, you know, we always joke about the fact that Elaine and I fight like sisters, right? Yeah. And it's just sort of, there's been some team members that are kind of like a little conflict avoidant that are are like, whoa, wait a second, what's going on here? These two are going at it. But, it, you know, we're strong, opinionated, smart women. And it's, we figure out how to navigate that with ourselves. And it's not always fun to watch other people make sausage, is I guess the way I would say it. There's, there's sometimes a Laverne and Shirley quality to it, but sometimes <laughs> I'm sure there's another analogy that I don't know, but I don't even know. know some mainstream analogy, but yeah, sometimes we definitely don't always agree. And I think that's part of our strength. Yeah. Right, but I also think that that's, that builds even more trust because I always say that true character is measured, not by how well you get along, but when you have conflict and how it is that you deal with the conflict, that's the mark of, of a person's true character because everything's all lottie da when, sh- you know, when everybody's everybody getting along, but it's when shit hits the fan or when you disagree. Okay. Now let's really see, you know, how compatible we are or, you know, our level of integrity and our partnership and, you know, and how it is that, you know, we're able to, you know, deal with the conflict resolutions and all that kind of stuff. So I think one that's the, important. Yeah. And one of the key phrases I remember kind of I, thinking over and over again, I don't know if I say this all the time, Elaine, but it's like this sort of, it's clear we don't agree. How are we going to decide? Right. Mm-hmm. It's this sort of, just because you're not in the same perspective, you have to pause and go, okay, wait, do you understand my perspective? Do I understand your perspective? It's clear we're in different places how do we move the situation forward rather than fight to the death over whose opinion is right? Right. Or, or decide when, when you're going to let it go. It's kind of like in a marriage when you're going to, you know, when it's more important to them than it is to you. And when do you, when do you fight for it? When do you let it go? And I mean, I don't want to suggest that we've always done this perfectly from the beginning because yeah. <laughs> we haven't, we knew we've been we together for 12 to. years. <laughs> right. Well, and we a lot were, of people aren't married this long, Elaine. It's so true. <laughs> we almost weren't married this long a few times. Yeah. You know, we learned over the years how to do it better and better. But I mean, there were definitely, you know, people hanging up on people in the early years a lot, like can't deal with this, got to go by. But when we, then we'd circle back, you know, or and we just it's ever evolving. You know, I, I've been married for 31 years to my husband. And I was just saying to him the other day, what's fascinating to me, and we've both been doing this work for 15 years, is that 
in the last few years, the communication is even better. Okay. And when you're doing the work, it just keeps getting better and better because it's there's no end state, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It's the constant there. evolution of getting to the best version of not only yourself, but your partnership and the way that you handle things. You know, or the that, next that's version. What, that's what we strive for. The moment I feel like there's nothing else that I can do, that that's a big problem. There's always yes. something to do. Right. Yeah. Do it's a spiraling. Move, Go ahead. I do want to move into a little bit though. We We've want to got, get to the nitty gritty. No, We've got like a know, personal stake in this. No, so. I just want to know what it makes. You know, every has there's there's coaches all over now. There's tons of coaches out there. You know, what makes your you know the way you guys coach and what is that you do to help parents with complex kids? Like, what is your coaching style? What does it entail? Because I, I you know this for me for the first time, I never even knew that there were coaches out there that handled issues like this. So this is n- new to me and, and it's ex- kind of exciting. And Cause we're I, in the thick of it. Yeah. We're in the thick yeah. of it. My son is 11 you know, years old and you know, this is, and, but what's important though, is not only are we in it currently, but we're the parents that haven't, you know, had that aha moment that we've been waiting to have as you evolve as parents, you, you know, you, you, you get little snippets where you're like, okay, I I may have figured this out, or maybe this is a better way of communicating, but from somebody that's from Taiwan and a culture that really hasn't embraced, you know, ADHD, or at least, you know, when I grew up in Taiwan, I didn't even know about, you know, a designation like ADHD or, or anything else until I moved to the United States. And in my adulthood, it's not like I moved at age 13. I was like, okay, well, here's this whole, you know, like this is something I only learned um, being a parent. So I'm waiting to still have that moment of, okay, I get it now. I get what this is. Now it's very clear to me. I have this clear path of, you know, where I'm supposed to go. I'm, I'm completely clueless still. And, you know, by the way, we are the, the, the parents that fought over medicating our child like that. That was one of the biggest fights we have ever had to this day. Yeah, I can see that. So if you you, you want me to start, Diane, or yeah, please go ahead. (laughs) I'm not sure. I remember. I know I just kind of threw a lot at you. You got it. Really want to get the big picture from you. So there are a few things like there's, it's almost like what's the secret to the success. Like what's the secret sauce here? One is frankly, we've been doing this longer than anybody else. And, you know, we've been doing this long enough where we got really good at it and good enough at it to teach other people how to do it because we had lived it and we had learned this this skill set from coaching. The secret to what we do it actually is that we teach coaching skills to parents because coaching is an empowerment based modality. It's a method that's all about being in the process of problem solving instead of only looking at outcomes. And it's about helping people play to their strengths, get clear about what they want, and then figure out what they need to do to get there. Quintessentially, that's what parents need most, especially when you've got complex kids. We got to keep their self-esteem intact. We got to help them see what they're good at and still be willing to tackle their challenges and guide them to more and more independence. And And oh, by the way, that's what their kids need. Right. It's exactly what I'm saying. So when you when you teach parents skills and we don't want to train parents to become coaches to their kids because we want them to be parents to their kids. But when we teach parents how to take what we call a coach approach, 
We help them shift their mindset, their framework, modify expectations to meet their kids where they are. And really, it's a powerful tool to shift from the doing of parenting to the being of parenting and being in relationship with who these kids really are. What would you add, Di? Well, I think that the piece is that a lot of parents in our community show up either overwhelmed or lost or frustrated or angry or angry. I mean, it's like, there's a lot of emotion in parenting complex kids. I mean, I know for myself, I knew my kids were struggling, but I didn't get it enough in a way that I could go, okay, here's, here's what they need. Right. It's just sort of, and so it was frustrating because I didn't have the answers. It was frustrating because as a neurotypical watching kids who were struggling, it's like, this is not hard. Why are you struggling so much? And, and that's hard to watch but it is hard for them. It is. And so part of this journey for parents is the inside work Mm -hmm. to go, okay, wait, my emotions are taken over here, whether it's guilt or shame or frustration or fear or whatever it is. And I've got to get past that emotion to a place where I can go, what's the problem I'm really trying to solve and how do I address it? And how, what do I want to try and get honestly into a place of experimentation rather than solutioning because Mm-hmm. it's easy to just say, okay, if this is wrong, fix it by doing this. I mean, that's part of the challenge. Elaine, you were talking about the medical model earlier. It's like this sort of, we're taught as parent, as people engaging in a medical system, if you've got this diagnosis, you do this thing and you'll be okay. And that's not Their what- word chart is not going to make life okay for a kid. Oh my God, thank you so much for like- saying this. <laughs> that's award chart. Oh my God. The right. Re- Do you see the reaction? I mean, that was that hilarious. And beat myself over the head. Right. Oh going, God. Oh my God. And then it was that thing where it was like, Oh my God, we're the worst parents. We can't on the whole planet. Right. We can't even be consistent in the way we're doing this. And I felt like the auntie kept you know, increasing getting higher and higher with and our higher. son, where I was like, this is getting right. out of control. Well, right. parents come to us and say, this. I've taken everything out of their room. I've got nothing left to yeah, take I, away. I, I can't right. give you that any more not consequences. By right. the time we're done with this, I will buy you a car at age seven. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that's, true. that's hilarious. Well, I think in the other piece of this, uh, just for parents who happen to be listening to this, um, a lot of going back to the medical model, a lot of parents think, okay, if I got my, let's use ADHD as an example or, or anxiety, I've got my kids on medication. What's that the problem? Should be that should right. be it. They're on medication. They should be fine. That's all I need. And then they think, well, the medication's not working. Maybe I need different medication. It's like the sort of, no. I mean, the, the reality is, what, what do they say? Skills in our world? without skills. Skills. Don't, skills don't teach skills, right? It's just right. sort of, these are kids who are struggling and yes, medication in many instances is helpful and people go through the decision of figuring out whether or not to do that, but it's not going to solve it. Right. And right. so what, go ahead. Well, so the counterintuitive truth of parenting complex kids is that we think the kids are the ones with the problem. So the kids need all the attention and the counterintuitive truth is that the change we want for them starts with us as parents. And that we have to do, as Diane is saying, our own work, we have to Uh, shift our approaches and our frameworks. We have to understand it so that we can learn to manage it and be in relationship with them in a healthy way in the process. So Diane and I have a, have a podcast as well called Parent with Impact. And we, we actually did a couple of interviews today. And with one of the things we do in our, in our podcast is we do success stories. 
So we interview people who've gone through our programs and talk about what the impact has been for them. And kind of today's theme, and so one of the people we interviewed was a parent in our programs and then became a professional and got certified through our professional training and is, a, is also a coach. And the theme in today's programming was this was consistently, I got to slow down and pay attention to myself and put my oxygen mask on first and take care of myself so that I can take care of my kids. Right. And parents, we get that intellectually, but we don't want to believe it's actually true or we want to believe it's true for everybody. We else, don't have time. For us. We don't have time for it. <laughs> right. And so part of the process is giving parents a space to start being in conversation with themselves about who do I want to be as a parent and how do I want to show up for this kid? And what do I need to understand about this kid to do that the way that I really want to do that? And, and it's not that long. It doesn't take that much, but it does take us pausing from the busyness of life to pay attention to what's in front of us and to, to process it a little bit. That's what getting off the hamster wheel for a little bit gives us is just slows us down enough to process what's going on so that we can be more intentional about how we respond to it. And I think that what's great with what you've touched on so far is that what's frustrating for me as a parent is, you know, I'm dealing with ADHD after the advent of the Internet. Right. And which is, you know, a blessing and a curse because as you can imagine, there is so much out there on it. Half of it or majority of it is contradictory, you yeah. know, so you don't even know what to trust. And, you know, I'm the kind of person where I it's, it's difficult for me to read books on it or any type of whatever it's a manual treatise or, you know, any kind of authoritative type type resource. of material yeah. and resource and Nobody ever seems to write in a way that I get it. And it's it's almost yeah. like I, I'm a very direct person, so I don't really read between the lines very well. So I'm that person that's always saying, just talk to me like I'm a six-year-old. Break it down for me. Spoon feed the things that you need me to say. Because I'll read a book and I'm like, great. What does that mean? What am I supposed to say? I cannot wait for you to read The Essential Guide. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait. Well, well and back after you read The Essential Guide and, 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 with, and the next conversation. Because you have a second podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Well, and I think what I wanted, the other piece I want to say, Elaine, I was going to say the same thing, but it the other piece of it is, Parents get stuck in information, right? And it's yeah. sort of because there is so much information out there. And it's like, right. so I watch a, I listen to a podcast, I read a book, I get an idea, I come back and I try it and it didn't work. And so I go back and I try to grab another idea and it doesn't, you know, it's like this sort of ping ponging we do back and forth with information. And what I take us back to coaching, what parents really need is help to figure out what's working, what's not working, what how do I begin to implement some of this stuff that I'm learning? Right. Learning is important and key. This is why we do parent training and coaching, but they need the information and they need support in putting the ideas into practice. hundred percent. Yes. That's, that's where well, it was. If you think about most, most of our, we were looking at different internet articles and different books and I'm not listening to everything and doing it, you know, 
step one, step two, deal with this. Right. I'm taking like snippets of everything and trying to mesh it together and, you know, trying to be like, I, I think this Probably works. Probably meshing the wrong thing. Yes, I'm taking yeah, well. like three things that are awful, maybe one thing that works, and I'm trying to like, you know, make my own way with it. And it never ends, ends up working for me, so. Well, and that, it brings us back to, I think the reason what we do works so well is because it's about being in the process of problem solving. I want parents to, who leave working with us and my job is to put myself out of a job, right? So I want you to come through and to graduate on some level, right? And I want you to have kind of a bring it on attitude. Like whatever's coming at me, I got this because I know how to handle it because I can keep on swinging because I've got the skills in my back pocket. Right. Pull out what, or, you know, I've got the arrows in my quiver to pull out, pull out what I need at the moment. But if, if all the parenting advice you get is when this happens, do this. And when this happens, do that. Right. You're yes. never going to know what to, ha- to do because it's always something new right. that's happening. And there's always and we different have to learn variables. to dance with it. Right. 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 Well, and this in, you know, your kids are going to get older and the challenges <laughs> that you face at eight are going to be different than the challenges you face at 14 or 24 or 30. I mean, it's like we we joke because it's like our, our audience is parents of you know, three to 33, uh, four to 44, four to 44. But it's, I mean, these kids struggle on and off some of them for a, a long time. Yeah. So our job is to, is to figure out how to dance with what's happening and to, and to help our kids learn to dance with manage. I, I mean, our goal is to help them learn to manage themselves. Right. It's not really about getting the homework done, but you think in that moment that it's about getting the homework done. Right. Right. You really do. And so giving yourself permission to say, okay, whether my 11-year-old gets their homework done isn't going to determine whether they go to college. But if my 11-year-old can learn to take ownership of their homework and learn how to do, get started on their homework, that's going to set them up for success okay. in going to college. I love that you just said Yeah, because I'm the opposite of that. Uh, I'm like, he's, he's not, he's I'm, the, I'm, he's I'm the box checking. I, 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 I'm know. a great, I could be a great client for you guys. Cause I'm everything I do is basically <laughs> the opposite. It seems to what I should be doing as a parent. I probably screwed him up tremendously. Well, don't, don't yeah, shit all over yourself late. there. You yeah. Got, be gentle, time. Justin. I had a therapist who told me once that, that parenting, good parenting is damage control. You're going to screw him up. It's just a measure of how, right? So he's only 11. You got time. You know. I now understand every parent that has said to me, including my own, we did the best we could. We could. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? All right. Well, I'm going to wrap up with one question. I, I wanna I know be, yeah, I want to be mindful of, of the time because I know so, you guys have appointments. So we're going to end on your best life lesson learned or your best business lesson learned. Just, just give us one takeaway. I know we've talked a little bit in general about it, but if you had to nail down, give me each one. Yeah, this is, the, this is our one question that we want every one of our, you know, podcast guests to answer because, you know, we it's important to us. We want to know, like, what's your best takeaway or life lesson and what's your best takeaway business lesson? Diane, you want to start? Yeah, and, you know, the thing I've been playing with the last couple of years is the paradox of more than one thing being true at once. And this, I, I, it helps me in my relationship with Elaine. It helps me in my relationship with my partner, with my kids, everything else. It's a sort of, I can, part of me can be really frustrated and irritated. And part of me can be fiercely committed to making this work and trusting and, and everything else. And it's this sort of, I get to navigate, okay, how do I want to handle this part of me that's really frustrated and this part of me that is in this trusting 
kind, beautiful relationship, or whether it's I'm scared and I'm excited, or whether it's, you know, it's like this sort of, we embrace the fact that we're not just in one place emotionally, but we're probably in more than one place at once. And we can honor that and figure out what all the parts of us need. It makes all the difference in terms of being able to be completely present and engaged in whatever the challenges you're dealing with in whatever relationship. Beautiful. I like that. I like that a lot. So it serves me really well because sometimes I make her totally crazy. So that's good. <laughs> so first of all, what I'll say is that there's no separation between life lessons and work lessons. Yeah. You know, and I think we all know that, but I think it's worth saying like hundred percent how we do is anything is how we do everything. Right. And I'm, I was laughing when I heard the question, because I know my husband would answer his answer is don't take yourself so damn seriously. You know, that's his, that's what he's learned. That's kind of, that's one of our, you know, takeaways. I I would say mine is at this moment, because it's probably be different if you ask me next week, but at this moment, it's not even, it's not even about asking for help. Although that's a huge one. It's about learning to not take things personally. So I have this mantra, this philosophy that other people's shit is their shit. And when I, take it on, whether it's my kids or my partner or anybody like, and I get that thing in the gut of my stomach and all that, that's, that's me taking on other people's stuff. Yeah. And when I can remember that other people's stuff is their stuff and I can let it roll off my back because it's not mine. That's how I can, I can not take it personally. And it is I think it's become my superpower as as an adult human being. There, I can name you the three people in my life. Diane is not one of them, for whom I really still struggle with this greatly. You know, and that goes back to family of origin and you know all that stuff. That there's probably a lot more therapy. You know, I could do on. But that's normal, right? That that's yeah. yeah, We all got that shit, right? But if you can recognize that other people's shit is their shit. It, it's a really great access point to compassion because I can be with you when I know it's your stuff if I'm not making it be about me. Right. Yeah. It's when I make That's it be about me that. that I can't then be with you. Right. Right. Yeah. But that's, it's so much easier said than done. Cause you know, for example, yeah. I always say, you know, I always tell Justin and I, and it's like almost like a, a self mantra. I'm it's my mantra, you know, stop seeing the world through your own optics. And so all of, you know, the Michigas that, you know, is in my own head, I'll see, you know, I'll always internalize and think that, you know, your shit is my shit somehow. And, you know, and if, if I can get myself to out break of that, away then, from it, you know, and, it's and, powerful and shit. It is. It is. Well, and and lastly, if you're re- oh, go ahead, Justin. Oh, yeah, I was going to just say lastly, because I'm being conscious of time. If people to our listeners out there, if people want to get some type of coaching for their children, um, where can they go find you? We well, first of all, I want to be really clear. We work with parents. We actually oh, meant, we yes. have somebody Co- on our team for their children. Let right. Me but but so we do. So we do have a, we have a gift for your audience. Um, that's impactparents.com slash relationship. And so it is a free parents guide called bringing your leadership home. And that's really where I would encourage parents to start, you know, go download that gift, get a sense of kind of what we're teaching and what our philosophy is. And if you like that, there's lots more information. There's training, there's coaching. We have group coaching, private coaching, 
you know, sanity That's sessions. With you too. With with us and our team. We and have our an team. amazing team of coaches. We have trained and certified and mentored. And Can yeah, we pick cause... you guys if we want? It may or may not be a little more expensive <laughs> to work with us. Um, but yeah, we have an amazing group of, of coaches on our team and, and phenomenal resources for, for parents. So start with impactparents.com slash relationship and see where you go from there. We're happy to support you. Oh, guys, thank really? you so much for being on. This was really amazing. If it weren't for the fact that you guys both have appointments, I would keep you on for another <laughs> hours. Well, let's, you know, go read. I'll send you some stuff to read. Will be written in a voice you can relate to. I promise. Thank you. And awesome. then, if you want us to talk again, let us know. Okay. Let us know. Awesome. Thank you, you so guys much, guys. So thank awesome. you so I'm much. And you thanks guys. for listening to Relationship. Nice to meet you all. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. That's a wrap for this week's episode. Don't miss next week's episode for more relatable, real, and practical insights from Relationship, packed with even more candid conversations. So make sure to subscribe, tune in, and keep your wine glass full. And if you want to share your own experience or ask a question, follow us on social media and feel free to reach out. Go to cernitslaw.com. Call 888-68-DAMAGE or email us at cshanbraun at cernitzlaw.com or jcernitz at cernitzlaw.com.